now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello, uh, Shout Out people. Uh, welcome to another brand new, very shiny show. He's Andy Short and I'm Steffi Barnett and this week... Off the record, my five. Uh, we talk to. Okay, no, no, sorry, how do you say that? Giosue Prezioso. Thank you. About growing up gay in a small Italian town. <laughs> With a gay dad. Uh, also, News Mag. Terry and the team discuss this week's hot topics. Uh, all coming this week on Shout Outs. Right, that'll teach me for not proofreading the script before we go live, won't it? <laughs> won't it just? That's why I put it I'm in like, there. How on earth, how on earth did you say that? And you would give it to me. You interviewed him. <laughs> catch, catch that curved ball, Mr. Shilton. <laughs> Josh, um, his name is, uh, is um, uh, translated as Josh. Right, oh, okay. Right. Like, I'm going to know that when we're doing the intro to the show. <laughs> well, you didn't know. You could have asked. So, so, anyway, hello, Josh. Thank you very much for talking to us. So, or, or Steph. Poor you. I have to do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer. What a horrible life you have. So, anyway, hello, Terry. Hello, Andy. How are you both? Hello. hello. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, I, always, yeah. I always feel that I'm watching the horror channel when this music plays. I don't know. Uh, I just... Yeah, I keep saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like um, you know get get a new one and um, and replace it. I just didn't have time this week. It's been like hell hellish week at You've work. Been busy. You've been busy, so yes. um, you, you can put it up for for another week. It's not. I like it. It's it's a, it's a nice tune. <laughs> It was kind of like, um, I don't know if you remember, I mean, it was 2012, so it was coming up for 10 years ago, the Olympics, but, um, yes, um, you know, it was, it, it just stuck out when I was listening to it, and I, I really like it, and to be fair, the one we had before it, we had played for like 10 years. We've had several, haven't we? We had Queer as Folk, and we yeah. had a, another one as well, didn't we, for a while? Yeah. So, are we all enjoying the, the the nice heat wave that's kind of hitting us at the moment? Mm. It's it's lovely. It's it is, isn't it? The sun. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've seen. seen here. Have you seen the for, the forecast for the weekend? Is we're going to top like twenty five, twenty six? I believe. So yeah, Ooh, London wow. is um, going to twenty eight, thirty yeah. degrees Gosh. in the um, yeah because there's uh, shade temperatures. So it's good. they reckon it could be thirty, thirty two in the centre of London. Yeah. Ooh. Well, time time to make sure you right. get the the. Um, suntan slap on yes absolutely yep so all um, those men going shirtless in central London yeah and yeah. I always forget the fact that I don't have hair on my head these days and I have to burn myself once oh, to yes. remember yes indeed <laughs> it's a problem that many of us face Andy yes, <laughs> yes. just have to remember but suntan lotion for, for ears for the tops of your ears your nose and your head um, or if you're a driver soft top car make sure you wear a cap or a hat <laughs> trying to <laughs> Yeah. So I just got visions of Steffi there with her hair flowing behind her on the back of a soft top. <laughs> I've, um, yes, I used to have a soft top. Yes, yeah, and I've driven it through Paris. 
you might remember it um, and the um, Marianne Faithful song where yes she, uh, you remember it it was uh, quite a dour song actually but she mentions um, about driving through Paris uh, before she dies with the roof down yeah uh, Paris is beautiful I haven't been to Paris in like probably about two decades you know I mean obviously Covid at the moment is a bit prohibitive but if you ever get the chance it's lovely cities go and have a look around I, was just, yeah. I, I went 11 years ago for, for uh, 10 or no, 10 years ago for a week and it was just mm. absolutely gorgeous to yes. walk around I and think enjoy the city I haven't looked in a while but at one point it was um, voted something like the cleanest capital city in the world or something um, I mean I, I remember being, oh. being there and having to get up early to go to a work meeting and I've never seen so many street cleaners out in my life I, they literally scrub the place from top to bottom every night yeah. so yeah. We've anyway, got a big, um, oh no problem. Sorry, quite big. I was just to say, quite a big gay village in Paris, I think, as well, isn't there? There is. I've there is. What district I, it's in, but there is one. Yeah. I, I did. Go, I did go to a gay bar while I was in Paris last there time. There we so. are. Oh, right. Um, no, I, I, I haven't had that opportunity yet. So, anyway, um, we are going to cross over and catch up with um, off the record, um, and I think they're talking about Pride this time. So, have a listen to this. My five on shout out. Hi everyone, my name is Natasha and I use she and her pronouns. I'm Henry and I use he and him pronouns. It's Pride Month! We're here from Freedom Youth based at OTR Bristol for our My Five, which each month we talk through the project, which is Freedom Youth. Freedom is a gender and sexuality project established in 1995, working with LGBTQ plus young people. We work with those 11 to 25 across Bristol and South Gloucestershire and offer one-to-one group work and events and a whole range of things across the city. We're really proud to join Shout Out each and every month. And we talk about what's been happening both within Freedom and also the topics that are important to our members. This month, since it's June, it felt really important that we spend some time chatting to you about Pride Month. Now, our members have been reflecting on Pride Month over the last couple of weeks, and at Freedom, we believe that every month should be Pride Month. We love talking about how proud we are of our identities and of the LGBTQ plus community. However, it'd be really remiss if during June, we didn't reflect back to the origins of the Pride movement. Thinking back to the Stonewall riots, which took place in 1969 in New York City, when the LGBTQ plus community came together to oppose police brutality and discrimination in the city. Now, we know that the Stonewall riots wasn't the first time that this had happened, but it was a time that really sparked a movement that then spread globally across the world. We know that there were loads of people involved in the Stonewall riots and even more importantly, involved in LGBTQ plus equality movements across the world. But we really think it's important to reflect on people like Marsha P. Johnson, like Sylvia Rivera and like Brenda Howard, who really stood up and fought for themselves, their community and for the rights of LGBTQ plus people worldwide. Pride Month is celebrated every June in commemoration of those Stonewall riots. And one thing that you might have noticed in Pride Month is as you walk down each and every high street, the whole collection of rainbows and merchandise that you might be able to see. In Freedom, we've been talking a lot about corporations and organisations kind of celebrating Pride Month, but also co-opting Pride Month with a concept called rainbow washing. One of the things that we are aware of and has been known is that 
each year, organisations make £917 billion from Pride Month. And what we do know is that Pride Month can be a really powerful and important time to see ourselves reflected and visible, not just in our high streets, but in the organisations and places where we spend our time. But I suppose it's also about us thinking about where our Pride merchandise comes from, where in terms of in the world, is that from a country whereby LGBTQ plus people are protected, supported and recognised? And also as well, are corporations ensuring that they give back um, the money and proceeds to LGBTQ plus organisations and charities? We really want to recognise and celebrate um, Pride Month as a exciting and really important time and like we said earlier pride month is each and every day each and every month but one of the key things that we do really want to recognize and remember is just think about with pride month and with where we are spending our money and giving our support that actually those spaces and places are ones which support lgbtq plus people each and every day we know as well that that's not always accessible for people if people are buying pride merch or if they're not able to buy pride merch they might not be able to put their money um, into organizations who are supporting lgbtq plus people and communities but there's lots of other ways that people can get involved as well so loads of social media campaigns loads of organizations that you can look into and put some support behind it's not all about money it's about visibility advocacy um, and standing in solidarity with people and organizations so lots of ways that you can show your support allyship and advocacy during pride month we're really excited to celebrate Bristol Pride, which is coming up on the 10th of July in each and every year, Freedom Run and Participate within the youth area. This year, we are going to be holding a speaker's corner in the Bristol Pride youth area. So we're going to be asking for people to come along and share some stories with us with a couple of prompts. So one of those is probably going to be, what does Pride mean to you? It'll be an opportunity to talk to some young people in Bristol about your LGBTQ plus identity and what it means to you to be proud. And if that feels like something that you'd like to get involved in, please drop us an email at lgbtq at otrbristol.org.uk and keep an eye on our social media feeds. So Freedom LGBTQ over the next few weeks for more details of how to get involved. Thanks for listening, everyone. And... Happy Happy Pride Pride. Month! If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's an Ariana Grande and uh, Lady Gaga. And uh, Rain On Me. Nice track, Seth. like that one. It's very nice, isn't it? It's very... It's very nice. Mm, it's yeah. Expensive. Yeah, I've not heard that before. Has that been out long? Does anyone know? Um, I think it's been about uh, a year. It's not that new. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I'm so, my age. <laughs> yeah. But it was a it was a hit and um, very popular. Um, mm. Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Yeah, I like Lady Gaga. I think she's done some fabulous tracks over the years. I don't know much of Ariana Grande's yes. um, uh, music. I have to admit. 
Uh, but that's quite a cool cross between the two of them, so. <laughs> very cheerful. Mm. Very upbeat. Well, a summary, isn't it? Which is kind of cool. Because it, it is summary now, isn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, my lovely friend, Mr. Star. Um, can, can we get some news headlines? You certainly can. This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday the 10th of June. Good evening. Pink News reports that the Progress Pride flag, one of the recent iterations of the long-standing LGBTQ symbol designed in the 70s, has been updated with the purple circle on yellow emblem of the intersex community. The new hybrid design was the work of Valentino Vecchietti, an activist with Intersex Equality Rights UK and also a former columnist with Diva magazine. The complete intersex community flag was first unveiled in 2013 by intersex Human Rights Australia group who explain the circle represents unbroken and unornamented, symbolising wholeness and completedness and our potentialities. We are still fighting for bodily autonomy and genital integrity and this symbolises the right to be who and how we want to be. Newswires reports that Brislington school-educated opinion writer Julie Birchill has been fired by the Daily Telegraph newspaper after one of her eccentric tweets appeared to be even too right-wing for them. Birchill made rude remarks about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's new baby, suggesting they should name it after George Floyd, whose death prompted the Black Lives Matter movement, which she has also ridiculed. Birchill, who is also known for her bizarre anti-transgender outbursts, refused to apologise for her royal-themed tweet. A statue of Emily Davison, the famous suffrage activist who died at Epsom in 1913 as she stood in front of the King's racehorse, has been unveiled by her relatives at the town's marketplace 108 years after her passing. Leader of the British Women's Equality Party, Mandu Reid, spoke to those gathered ahead of the unveiling. She said she was a woman whose life and courage, despite the brutality and ostracisation that she endured, is an inspiration, a beacon and example. That's what Reed told the Surrey Comet newspaper. Atheist magazine The Free Thinker every week details some of the strange goings on amongst religious extremists. Since 2004, the magazine has been online, but it can trace its history back to 1881. This week, it reports that the fundamentalist think tank Christian Institute is up in arms at the Welsh Government after Deputy Minister for Social Partnership Hannah Blethyn pledged support for prohibiting conversion therapies that seek to reprogram gay or trans people into Christian heterosexuals or gender non-conformists. The Christian Institute says that such a bar will stop the work of the faithful, but the Freethinker and other secular groups point out that on the contrary, the banning of conversion therapy will save young gay and transgender people from groups that tell them to hate themselves. Independent newspaper B247 reports that a squatted building on Dean Lane in the Bedminster area of Bristol was raided by riot police on Friday of last week. It was not an eviction per se, but the police said that several people inside had been wanted in connection with another squatted eviction incident in the city centre. A man living at the squat told the small crowd gathered that everyone is safe inside, no one has been 
beaten. They have been really cool with us for a change, he said. The squad had been in an old Salvation Army building and, referencing the troubled relationship between the Sally Army and LGBTQ people, a banner from the rooftop rooftop of the squat included a rainbow flag and the legend F the Salvation Army and its homophobia. Squatting has been made harder by successive conservative governments but there still is a lively movement in the UK making use of unoccupied business premises. Squatting has a close relationship with the more radical wing of the gay and trans movements. Back in the 70s numerous squats in London were operated through the Gay Liberation Front which provided homes for people kicked out of their housing for being LGBT and finally, gay activists have long since argued that anti-LGBTQ people are uncouth and uncivilised. Well, TikTok, the video sharing platform, has as one of its most shared videos this week evidence supporting Justice Worldview. A gay family was enjoying an afternoon on a boating lake in Washington State when a boat of tanked-up heterosexuals crawls by shouting abuse at the gay family's boat. Within a few minutes, however, there is a case of what John Lennon called instant karma, or perhaps it was a vengeful Christian god showing what he thinks of homophobic people as the bullying hetero boat bursts into flames. The gay family rescued the bullies who, as the LGBTQ Nation Newswire noted, didn't even have the decency to say thank you. More than 11 million people have viewed the footage on the internet. Well, for these news stories in further detail and much, much more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. And for Shoutout News this week, I've been Terry Starr. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, village people. No, can't stop the music. Oh, I'm going back in time a bit, that one. Fantastic, isn't just, it? Just that yeah. ter- Terry and Steph like, feeling like they're youthful again. Yeah, I remember that film well. It was quite uplifting. 1980 movie of the same name, starring Steve Guttenberg and Valerie Perrine, and, of course, um, uh, the, the crew that the village uh, people. did YMCA, which is probably yeah. the most famous one, wasn't it? But also starred Caitlyn Jenner, oh. who, played, who played Ron really? White. Yeah, oh, obviously gosh. not Caitlin then, yeah. No, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. they also did... Carry on, Terry. I was just going to say, without disco, of course, you wouldn't have any of the modern types of dance music because disco was really pivotal, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's a big claim, mate. <laughs> well, it, oh, I, I, I should say... How, what, what do you it's think, very Mr. influential, but I don't think it influenced things like rap, for example. Uh, you, you'd, be, you'd be surprised because a lot of rap comes from late disco and early electro mm. beats that are under the city underneath. Well, uh, sounds like a subject say, for a show a bit later on, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yes. In the meantime... <laughs> time though we're going all the way to Cairo um, I believe and before we actually play this uh, well Steph you, you spoke to him um, would you like to yeah um, a bit? I spoke to it's quite an interesting story um, and they've done a podcast for a European wide podcast series um, Joshua um, Prezioso um, and his dad now unusually um, both the father and son are gay very interesting story because obviously his dad was married and um, 
in a heterosexual relationship. Really sorry about the quality of this, um, but um, we've done our best to uh, improve that. But we thought it uh, worth playing because of the uh, the great story. Now, as all of you know, shout out goes everywhere around the planet. Anything to do with anything under the rainbow. Um, and uh, shout out is there and it's really nice to introduce somebody um, who's the other end of Europe uh, from southern Italy now you come from Os2 is, is that is that correct Josh how do you pronounce it yeah we call it Os2 okay okay and that's in um, the uh, southeast of Italy yeah that's correct uh, okay yeah do you know, I'm so sorry, I've not been down that far south. I've got to um, Sorrento and the Amalfi Coast, um, but that's as far down as south as I've been. So I must make the effort because I come over to Italy quite a lot, but usually usually stop about halfway down the boot. <laughs> now, you've got quite an unusual story, haven't you, Josh? Because um, it's, it's not often you hear of uh, a parent being gay and also the, the, the child. And... Both you and your father are gay. Yeah, indeed, we're both gay. Uh, How was that growing up? When did you know? Um, it was very tough. Um, indeed, it was very tough. We we lived um, in this very small town in the very south of Italy, and in two different, of course, generational gaps. You know, um, my dad and I we have a difference of almost thirty years, so you can imagine, of course, that it got it got even more difficult and worse. For my dad. But it was very difficult because, um, you know, we had to hide, we were discriminated. Um, and also there was lots of tension between us because we absorbed this negativity and we lived and shared this between us. So I did not have a good idea of my dad, neither did I. Yeah. When did you find out your dad was gay? Uh, so yeah, he told me I was 12 and he had had this relationship with a with his friend, a person who always gravitated around our family, but I couldn't imagine actually was also my dad's mm. boyfriend. And he confessed, he told me that they had been together for more than 10 years. Do you mind me asking about his, is he married to, to a woman? And was it like a, you were brought up when you were normal Italian family? Uh, yes, he's still married to a woman. Not so that bracelet. Uh, they're good friends, very good friends indeed today. Um, so no, yes, she's been the only person he got married to, and even though they got married, I suppose, 35 years ago, um, yeah, they never got separated, so they're still officially married. They're good friends, but yet they have different lives. Yeah, that's really nice, isn't it, that that love still survives. Um, Josh, when your father had the conversation with you when you were 12, is that the same time that he had the conversation with your mum? No, my mum, if you ask me about how my mum found out about my dad, mm. that was a bit more uh, dramatic, I suppose, because my mum, she, uh, she was pregnant with my sister. She's almost six years older than me. And after, I suppose, five to six months they got married, my mum told me she didn't know anything about my dad being gay, even though the whole town knew about my dad. But, you know, my mum comes from a very simple background, if you like. And she wasn't even aware of what really homosexuality consisted of. She was really, uh, you know, away from this scene. So she just got really into this boy being my dad. Mm. Very eccentric, very openly gay also. But for some reason, there was a sort of a cognitive dissonance. Maybe she refused. She didn't see that. So they got married. And around three or four months of pregnancy, 
One day she's sleeping in a room, and in the other room there's my dad with his boyfriend. Being the one who was told that afterwards, he had been his boyfriend for 10 years. She woke up, she went into the kitchen, and they were having an affair. My mum realised then, and yeah, so that was how it basically... And, and that was before you were born? Yes, my mum, the, yeah, the pregnancy was my sister, and after five years I was born. Okay, so that's obviously very different to the way in which it was explained to you. And, and how did you feel after that conversation with your dad? I think as, mu- as much as my mum didn't know, or maybe she refused, because you know, sometimes you love people and they might be doing something unusual, let's say, let's put it that way. So because of love, you don't accept that. You become blind because of love, and because love is blind by definition, isn't it? Mm. So when my dad told me, even though the whole town told me your dad is you know, those discriminatory uh, terms you might think of. I refused. But when my dad told me, uh, in, that, in that time I was kind of, it can't be true, it can't be real. I kept it for myself. It was very silent, very silent baby. So I just kept it for myself. Mm. Yeah. Aside from um, your father's um, sort of sexuality and his experiences um, of coming out um, and, and sort of his relationships, um, what what were your experiences of, of you sort of discovering your sexuality and the way in which you expressed yourself? Very bipolar, I have to confess, because at first, you know, the fact that I had repeated basically the trauma I had lived with my dad, I was in negation, I was very self-homophobic. Um, so originally it was very self-homophobic, I had my girlfriend, I had to play football, because especially in the South of Italy, that's really the sport in order to be integrated, if that makes sense. There was really negation. And then, as I grew up, I moved out of town, because I went to another high school to study. And that sort of a distance gave me also room to self-discover myself, to, you know, to, to be more into myself. And, you know, this sort of a process mm. of self-acceptation took place, largely. I'm really glad to hear that. It sounds like growing up where you grew up was probably quite isolating. So moving outside of that would have given you the opportunity to be around maybe a bigger group of people. Well, this new town, I could really change my whole life. I, that's the place where I started changing my name from Josware, that is my Italian name, to Jock, is my you know English name. Because uh, it really, some sort of, I had the need of a new identity. Not really with any aggressiveness or anything like that, but it was just you know, a new start and I just embraced the opportunity with not a specific rage or anger. It just came naturally and I embraced the opportunity. You were saying earlier that you actually showed some level of homophobia. Um, and do you think that was part of your processing, what, what had happened for you at home? Yes. Um, it wasn't just homophobia, it was self-homophobia. Yeah. I remember I looked at myself, the way I walked. I was mindful of the way I walked or what I was wearing. You know, all these different levels that made up the me, the, the me I was. Mm. And Aranda was very self-directed. Was it quite a long process for you then? Because I don't actually know how old you are, Josh. I was just wondering how long the process for you was um, to get to a point where you felt you were able to start accepting yourself. Um, today I'm turning 28. So that's, uh... Oh, today? Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And my dad just told me that I was born on Tuesday. And today's Tuesday, so it's a kind of a symbolical day for me. It's a sort of a rebirth, if that makes sense. I think 15 or 16, I started really forgiving myself. Like, I, I moved from correction to forgiveness. An understanding of actually the pressure that society was forcing upon me. So, yeah, 15, 16, and 
anything, so I'm a free butterfly, obviously. Oh, that's wonderful. What What is the relationship with your dad like now? Oh, it's beautiful. I think if you're going to have the chance to, to listen to the podcast, which is basically the artwork, I'm very proud of celebrating today as my real birthday gift today. Uh, you will hear that it's very funny. We talk to each other amazingly. We have an amazing complicity and esteem and friendship. It's a very cathartic discussion. It, the way it's being perceived, honestly. So, yeah, I think these are the words that characterise my relationship with my dad today. I'm so glad to hear that you've got to that point. It sounds like there's been, um, you know, it's been a real journey um, uh, to get to get to where you are now. And, and like you were saying, very healing and cathartic um, and a beautiful place to be, to be with you both now. Yeah, it's really been so, I, I think. And it's, it's because um, I think we're going to be talking about this podcast afterwards, but that's really the idea afterwards that we had, you know, because if we had had stories with peep characters, either heroes rather, because we were actually characters and protagonists of our story in our own time, but we were demonized to an extent that being in that story was not pleasant, honestly. It's what we tried to deliver this time by making this podcast was to create two actors of an amazing story that, as I said before, is characterized by those tones of catharsis and friendship and complicity and forgiveness. Right, Josh, seeing as we're on the podcast, tell us all about that. So where can people listen to it? Yes. So uh, talking of journeys, that was an interesting journey, actually. So one day I'm scrolling in Facebook News um, and I found this application about stories from the outskirts of Europe that was already kind of unconventional, you know, because we mostly we, we think of Europe like uh, thinking of cities, big cities, where outskirts never are touched really, whereas Europe is made more of outskirts, honestly, than big centres. So they wanted a pitch of a minute of a story from the outskirts of Europe. I call my dad in a very, in a very naive way. I introduce ourselves as our father and son duo. And afterwards I say, okay, so this is the front story, but the back story is we're both gay. And so basically after a couple of hours, we receive an email from the European podcast and Are We Europe that created this content, this competition. And they tell us, Okay, guys, we really like the story. Tell us a bit about that. We're in the process of our selection, so we can't tell you whether you're going to be featured in the, in the actual one, because there was also a prize of 800 euros. Uh, but let, tell us about it. And after a couple of days, we knew actually that we won the whole uh, the, the prize, and we were basically the opening story of this European-wide uh, podcast series. Incredible. Well done. Yes, congratulations, Joss. That's really good news. Um, and it's so lovely that finally you get to be free um, and so does so does your dad and I also like the story where your mum is also now being very supportive of, uh, of the whole family yeah she, she's really been um, yeah she, she yeah yeah I think it's a very you know there is a link in the family that suppose it really corroborates everyone it really took the four of us to, to make it through mm-hmm. yeah. Josh we've run out of time I'm so sorry um, maybe we can catch up in months down the line and um, and maybe even have your dad on. Yes, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think we should, I think we should do that, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Shout out LGBT radio for you.
the Shout Out Podcast. Stephen Stills, and I love the one you're with. Wish I do. <laughs> and I'm with all of you right now, so love you all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lovely. It is. I'm I'm just trying to work out was it covered by someone else later on, like Primal Screen? Because it sounds very. I'm sure there's a 90s version of it somewhere. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't don't know, which is unusual for me, because especially in the 90s, I I, I knew a lot of the cover ones, but I don't don't remember. But I like that version too. It's kind of. And again, it's it's summary. Yes. So I, I can hear Lara screaming at me at the moment, going, "Oh God, listen to you! It's awful." <laughs> but I like it. Oh, <laughs> I like it too. It's a nice track. Yeah. So and, uh, we we all really to say it. I don't think we said it last last last. No, I did say it last last week, didn't I? So happy Pride Month, everyone. Yes. What great. Happy month. Pride to you too. <laughs> now um, it's that time again where we um, get our lovely Mr. Star to talk to us about um, news articles in um, a bit more, bit more detail. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Terry. I, this this got moved from one week to another. I've started getting the jingle together for you for this one, um, but it wasn't next time. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be this week. So, <laughs> so no but, problem at all. Now, please remember that all views expressed in our discussions in News Extra are solely those of the participants. They don't reflect the position of shout-out or of the community broadcasting station to which you are listening. Furthermore, we often take a devil's advocate approach to get you and us thinking. Now, the subject this time is the proposed ban on conversion therapies. Now, there's a group of people who call themselves ex-gays who claim that they have been turned from being gay to being straight, usually by religious intervention. They're highly marginal in the UK and just one group of any size operates. In the United States, however, they are a key component in the religious right wing. LGBTQ Newswires report that only this month a group of self-appointed ex-gays were touring Washington trying to lobby against protections for LGBTQ people. In the States, ex-gay groups did lose a lot of their momentum after the publication of an expose book called Anything But Straight in 2003 by Wayne Beeson which explored the abuses that go on at ex-gay groups and which presented a litany of evidence that religious people who claimed that their homosexuality had been healed by God were simply liars. Nevertheless, these groups have not gone away entirely. In the United Kingdom, the government's consulted on issues such as freedom of religion and discussed with mental health charities how to move forward. The upshot is that some form of legislation to prohibit the worst excesses of these supposed reparative therapy groups is to be drafted. LGBTQ activists hope that, at the very least, gay, bisexual and pansexual youngsters will be given protection from being referred to these organisations, which, incidentally, don't have the support of many uh, any mental health organisations. The picture for adults is likely to be different as the government may seek to balance protection for gay and trans people with freedom of religious expression, no matter how fringe or extreme. So, my mm. panel today, Andy, Andy and Steph, my first question is, if someone is over the age of 18 and is genuinely unhappy with their sexuality, should they be at liberty to seek out one of these fringe groups that claims to be able to reprogram? them personally if they're over 18 they have the freedom to do anything they want mm. but my question mm. would be more why are you unhappy with your sexuality mm. 
I guess that could be part of a being brought up, couldn't it? If you're brought up in a very strict religious household, mm. uh, say Mormon, for instance, then you're going to be f- made to feel guilty about who you are. And I guess a lot of people like to fit in and uh, will move heaven and earth to fit in with their surroundings. Totally, yeah. But that's down to education. I, I don't think... For, for me personally, when you're an adult, you decide what is right for you. But I think ensuring that the information is there so that you know both sides of it is very, very important. Because Yeah, um, the problem is with that, Andy, is that parents usually have quite a, a big impact on oh, their totally. children. Yeah. And um, especially if they're uh, strictly religious. Uh, so it's almost But then that's like only one side, all, isn't all it? All of us. Yeah, but it's almost like we're all brainwashed growing up to believe something that our parents believe. Well, I, I think that depends I, on who your parents are. I hasten to add. Yeah, I, I was say, I, <laughs> not all parents uh, will, will will bring you up with just one one view. I mean, a, a lot of parents try and make sure it's very balanced, and you know, you make the <laughs> choices true. and in, in and in an informed way. And especially more and more these days, you know, parents try and make sure, and I should say guardians as well, to, to be politically correct. But oh, they try yeah. try and try and make sure that um, you know they they're not coercing you one way. <laughs> Or another, you are free to do what you like, and they'll support you. Whatever part of the spectrum you come out on, LGBT plus, straight, whatever it may be. I think the issue here is, you know, and this is why I said my question is why you're unhappy with this sexuality is more because that's probably the bit that needs addressing, rather than should you or shouldn't Indeed. you choose to do something, because you shouldn't be making a decision to do something based on that, because you shouldn't be unhappy with your sexuality because we know that there's nothing wrong with being gay or trans or whatever. I, I think you picked up a key point there. It's about the coercion, the coercion. Because if you're seeking it out for yourself, it's different to being someone who is being told or being forced to do to seek this help uh, for the fact that they are for the fact that a parent guardian or a family member says you mustn't be like this yeah. and I think that's and I think that's, that's quite important if people are seeking out I personally I don't agree with the groups being available but if people wish to if people wish to go and seek them out themselves I guess they need to explore what it is about themselves why they why they're going that why they're looking at that and what sort of steps there are around it um, i certainly don't are, think it should be available as something that proclaims to be um you know any, anything medical because it, no. it's been dismissed so widely by so many people mm. in the profession as not actually something that's valid i mean you, you can't turn no one i know ever says i chose to be gay why would you no. choose to give yourself such a tough time with things if it was a choice <laughs> it, yes, it just yes. doesn't logically make sense so anyone that says your lifestyle choices really really grinds my gears because it's just like mm. you just you don't choose you were born that way um, and I think that's what that's people all, have, yeah. have to remember and you can't yeah. then make someone into something they're not I, I don't care what anyone says you can persuade them to pretend to be and that's what we call being in the closet but it's not a case of you can make them go back to being straight 
And, and I think also you've got to think about what is what is the definition of straight or heterosexual. Well, yeah, because it, it, it can know be it's a multitude of things. There is a spectrum. There are yeah. there are people who will be flexible, who or who don't consider themselves to be gay, bisexual, whatever, because the, it doesn't fit how they feel. You can have people who will go out and do something once in their life because they want to experience it and they don't feel that's them but you sort of it's it's a multicolored multi-faceted thing sexuality isn't just it's it's not binary it's not just one thing or another it does does raise another very valid question how many people who claim to be ex-gay are actually bisexual and just hiding one side of themselves yeah I, I don't. Try, I don't know. I don't. Repress. I don't think we'll 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 ever know. I'm not sure it's a statistic you could you could easily get, but I, I'd be curious no, to know if <laughs> if there ever was a way of finding out. It, it is a very divisive one, isn't it? Um, not divisive, very, very decisive. As I say, that these these groups are very marginal in the United Kingdom, but uh, some police officers do believe that in certain communities as well there there may be religious conversion groups operating doing things like trying to exorcise people you know this kind of very extreme religious throughout the gay demons kind of stuff um, that's actually portrayed isn't it a little bit in the um russell t davis series it's a sin where roscoe uh, yes. his, his family yes. are trying to ex you know the very beginning um anyway um Imagine a religious fundamentalist parent who has a gay child. The parent claims that they have religious freedom to send their offspring to one of these ex-gay or straight camps. Now, do you think the state should and could intervene to protect the gay child? And if so, how best do we do this? Uh, well, That's I think if we're talking about, talking about under 18s, um, uh, the, the, the problem is this is where religion crosses across because... There's a lot of claims that you should be able to do things because of your religion, like decide you don't like homosexuality. When you're an adult, that's the freedom you have. But when you're a child and you're talking about changing their life and trying to make them do things they shouldn't, that we know as a society are wrong, is it not the state's place to intervene and stop that? Um, I think education is a good way forward and that there shouldn't be um, schools that are attached to one religion or another. Everyone should be taught about every religion um, and every sexuality and gender and given an open book of, of the world rather than the, the parents' uh, limited view. Um, uh, so it is. I guess I would like to see non attached schools all open and all having the same curriculum so we wouldn't mm. have catholic schools or muslim schools we'd just have schools mm. I, I think but this I isn't talking about the schools though. this is talking about taking um to, to quote children off to straight camp that can be a you know there, there are lots of things that are outside of education that are run you know during school holidays and the like that try and do this too so so if you if you look at the equalities act 2010 yeah. the same act that protects us as uh, the lgbt community also says that people have the right to their set of beliefs under religion or belief systems but you cannot then um, enforce that onto someone else. Uh, 
so you have the you have the, the key, right to, yeah. to to have a, you, you have the right to have your own view but you can't enforce it onto someone else now if if we were talking about a child being put um to to view something else for example um racism or extremism in that way we would we would think about saying right you'd you'd be talking to social services or talking to other people to try and make sure that that child was safe and not receiving those views we should be talking about the same thing for a a child in this circumstance Mm -hmm. where we would think about their safety and making sure that they're not exposed to these uh, views which are anti-gay or anti-trans or whatever it's it's about trying to find that safe space whether that's a social services mm. intervention yeah. or whether that's talking about education through schools through community groups it's about doing that outreach work i think to make sure that the, well, the communities are aware of this and, and terry i'm very sorry i'm going to completely rip off your point too i've got on our notes here but it's it's always a very classic <laughs> test of when you turn things around how would it be um um, kind of taken by society and as you quite already got here Dustin Lance Black once said um, that if something was um, available to was able to turn straight people was offered to turn straight people to be gay it'd be shut down within 24 hours <laughs> which is very very true so why should it be okay yes. the, the other way you know a very good point yes um, if it's a choice Indeed, yeah. indeed, which, which of course, none of the none of the evidence from any of the um, approved mental health charities, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, and so on, says that it is. So, uh, I, I I am extremely proud to be an out gay man. Um, I'm very happily married to my husband. Um, I'm very proud to do things like shout out. But I can assure you, from me personally, if it was a choice, I would not have chosen to be gay because when I came out, although it was better, it was not okay um, and you suffer a lot um, going through it and I don't know anyone who would subject themselves to that um, to live a life that is choice you, you just don't do that so oh, I think um, being a being a trans woman Andy mm-hmm. I think I would concur with those thoughts especially growing up in the 50s and the 60s um, why would I have chosen uh, a life that was going to set me up for a fall with hatred and abuse thrown mm. at me it, you just wouldn't do it would you no on a, more, on a more positive giving that a more positive spin I'm just thinking um, Steph you may remember many years ago David Frost interviewed James Baldwin the great black gay writer and James Baldwin said I thought I'd hit the jackpot when I realised I was black gay and poor because it gave me <laughs> such humanity so and humility so there, there yeah. is that aspect to it as well that yeah. was yeah thank you very much guys thank you for an absolutely fascinating discussion as always this one if you want to comment on it and you're listening uh, studio at shoutoutradio.lgbt is the email address uh, you want we know it's very 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 Divisive, and lots of people have very different and mixed opinions about it. So, um, as Terry said, these are obviously ours personally, don't represent necessarily the views of Shout Out as a whole or the stations we're listening to. Uh, You will have yours, we'd love to hear them. Uh, Do get in touch with us, uh, we would love that. So, absolutely, and do get in touch with us if you'd like to get involved in the programme. If you've liked what you've heard, you have suggestions or a story to tell, it's all the same email address, which is Andy. You've got it there again, studio at Shout Out Radio. Uh, dot LGBT beautifully so. read 
Love it's it. funny. I don't know many sites that are LGBT. We are one of the few that I'm, I'm aware of that actually use that still. Um, it's it's, it's yes, a good it's thing great, to be. It is a higher level domain name. We were one of the first, mm. I think, to adopt them. Yeah, which we I'm were. Very proud of yeah. as well. Yeah. We yeah. They, they got rather expensive in recent years, but nonetheless. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, roll on this weather because uh, it's not long. Bristol Pride is going to come round very very soon. I don't know about you, yep. but I can't wait. Dog show's been announced, by the way, in case you haven't seen. Um, it's definitely coming back. So, yeah, but we'll Looking be entering Steffi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, I mean, pooches, not Steff. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, we're out of time for this week. How quickly time flies when you're talking rainbow. Uh, next week, we're talking to singer-songwriter Jeanette Mason about their new 10-inch EP. Who knew 10 inches were available? I've only seen 7 and 12. Yeah, that's why we're putting her into crafts. Anyway, um, to get, uh, you need to get out more stuff, you really do. Past shows can be found at shoutoutradio.lgbt. From myself and the rest of the team, say bye-bye. Bye. 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 Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.